sin that grace may abound. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, as were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death, into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Let's pray again. Father, would you take your own inspired word, and Lord, would you wing it to every heart, speak to every life, into every situation, and Lord, we believe your word gives light and brings forth life. We believe your word instructs and it cuts both ways, Lord. And we ask you, God, that you will divide us under that which, Lord, you'd have us to have and hold on to and that which you'd have us to let go and lay down. And, oh God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus, if there's one here even in their, their thoughts or their mind, in their body that need a touch in a special way, Lord, we believe that your word, Lord, will also, Lord, cause us, Lord, to have hope to be able to turn to Christ, the divine word of God himself, uh, in order, Lord, to be healed for your glory and for your name. We believe, Lord Jesus, you are the great physician, and Lord, you're still on the throne. And since you're risen from the dead and you're raised up and ascended into glory, you're glorified at the right hand of the Father, Lord, we believe with all of our hearts that you're interceding for us there. And Lord, we know that the Father will never turn away the prayers of his dear Son. And so, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you intercede on our behalf this morning. So whatever our need, whatever our fear, whatever our anxiety, our worry, our struggle, our strife, our circumstance, or our situation this morning, we know, oh God, that your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, he has it all in control. And we thank you, Lord, that he's interceding for us and Lord, we believe his precious blood has paid our debt in full. That is body, soul, and spirit. With love to be saved, Lord. We love it, Lord, whenever we know our sins are forgiven. We love it, Lord, to walk with you in spirit and truth, to worship you. And we praise you and exalt you and magnify you and glorify you, lift you up to bless you this morning, Lord, in your word. And so we pray, O oh God, as you, Lord, give us strength for this moment and for this day. We thank you, Lord. We're not told to think of tomorrow. For, Lord, tomorrow will take care for the things of itself. And we thank you, Lord, you've told us that you will give us as this day is, so shall thy strength be. So we rest in thee, O God, this very morning. And we pray that you would help me now with man with frailty and clay lips to be able, Lord, to rightly divide the word of truth that I may break the bread of life to give unto each and every one of your children here this morning, Lord. May they hear words not of a man or nor from clay lips, but may they hear the word of the Lord to their heart and into their life and situation at this moment. So, Lord, we tell you from the outset of this message that we worship you, that we love you, that we praise you, that we exalt you, and that we adore you. There's none beside you, and there is none else, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for your loving kindness, for it is better than life. So, Lord, our lips will praise thee this morning, and we will glorify you, because you alone are worthy of all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Lord Jesus, we ask it as we come to the throne of grace in your name and your righteousness, through the merit of your precious shed blood alone. For your name's sake we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, in our reading here, we'll not go through it. We have done, I think, three weeks 
And it is the last line of the fourth verse. And it says that even so we also should walk in newness of life. That is, the resurrected Christ. Christ who's died on the cross, now resurrected. We should walk in the life that he's given us. The resurrection power. The resurrection life is the life of the Holy Spirit. You see, when you have a church without the Holy Spirit, you don't have a church. It's as simple as that. If you, don't have a, if you have a man or a woman who claim to know Christ and have never uh, been quickened by the Spirit or don't walk in the Spirit, then I doubt how much they ever knew Christ because the Spirit will always point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice this, Paul says, we should walk in newness of life. We looked at the old man and the old woman over the last few weeks and, the, and things that we should be doing to renew ourselves and our mind in Christ. We're going to look at that, God willing, this morning. And we also want to look at this morning how, how you deal with things and allow things to enter into your life will determine how you live your life before Christ. And for example, if we're to walk in newness of life, the newness of life here, if you remember, it comes from a word kenas for new. Kenatas is newness, but kenas, it means something never happened before, or it, it gives the idea of something fresh, unused, listen, something unprecedented, something unprecedented. And we won't go through this because time won't allow us, but if you remember when Jesus instituted the new covenant, and Paul read the scriptures this morning, Luke chapter 22, how Jesus broke bread and he drank from the cup and gave it to the disciples. And he, he says, this is my body. This is bread is my body. This uh, wine was my blood, representing that of which uh, would, we would partake of this morning. And whenever Paul had read that, then we know what we're coming for when we're gathered around the Lord's table. You see, it was a new covenant and it's the word kenas. It was unprecedented that this would happen because every religion, and still every religion under the sun, as it were, every religion is do, 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 do. Even Israel in the old covenant and the old economy was sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice to appease God. But when the Lamb of God came, the Lord Jesus Christ, God didn't say, I am appeased. He says, this is my beloved son. The beloved son is, means the agapetosuias. And that means one who calls the love out of my heart, the grown son and all a fullness of authority. That's the idea of it. And so the church should be growing up into the, 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 the fullness of Christ, that we should be those who know who we are in Christ, walking in the newness of life in Christ. For example, technon is another word for son. I don't want to get too sidetracked. Technon means a newborn baby. Some of you have uh, little babies, and there's some on the way with a, quite a few uh, in the next few months we're going to be having in CET, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But they will be the technon, the son or the daughter, the newborn, um, and, and that's used throughout Scripture. But when you are born again, you're not only a technon new in Christ, you are a huias, but you don't, own, you, only, you don't know it. You don't realize it. And the idea of it is you have the legal right. You have the legal right as a son, as a daughter, adopted into the family of God. You have the legal right, new birth, and you've been brought into God's family. And so the agapetus comes from agape, which is a love that is called out of the heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. Let me say it again. Agape is a love which is called out of the heart 
according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. That which you hold dearest the most, like your children, or you hold dearest the most in your life, it calls out the love of your heart. It does nothing, but it just calls the love out of your heart. That's agape love. And so in eternity, when the Father looked through eternity, he gave you and I to his Son. What happened? We call the love out of the Father's heart. So the agapetus weos, this is my beloved, the one who calls the love out of my heart, said the Father when he was baptized in the River Jordan at the age of 30. And so the Father says, this one, this is my beloved son, my beloved uh, weos, the one who has the full authority. This is him in whom I am not appeased, but well pleased. And so the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus of himself on Calvary's cross by the shedding of his blood, the Father doesn't say, okay, I'm appeased until the next sacrifice, or I'm appeased until the next lamb, or bull calf, or goat, or heifer, or pigeon, or turtle dove is sacrificed. No, he's not even saying, I'm appeased until there's a new temple, or I'm appeased until men get their religion right. He's saying, no, I am well pleased once and for all in what Christ, my son, the Lord Jesus to us, has done on Calvary's tree. So can you see how the power of the blood of Christ here and how you and I are to walk in the newness of that life? It's a new covenant. It is a covenant that is unprecedented. We're working. It is do, do, do. Every religion, do this, do that, do the other to appease God. But now Jesus says, it's not do, 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 but I have done. Everything has been paid for. And so by grace, you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God and not of works, lest any man should boast. So there's not one of us that are saved this morning. There's not one of us here or listening, watching live or whatever. There's not one of us who are saved and claim Christ as our own that can say on that day, I'm here because I did. I'm here because I went. I'm here because of this, that, or the other. The only reason we will be in God's presence and his kingdom, in God's heaven and in his glory, is because we have trusted in what Jesus Christ has already done. Simple as that. So we need to do nothing. It's new. It was unprecedented that God would come down to man rather than man try to build his tower, try to build his religious structure or his, his, his religion, whatever it may be, unto God. And now God comes down in the person of Christ, his son, and he brings in the new covenant. Then, of course, you have Paul's teaching in the book of Acts that Athens was a, the new doctrine, new teaching. They says, what sort of new doctrine is this? And remember, uh, so they start questioning Paul on it. It is the unprecedented teaching of the glorious gospel of Christ. Paul is preaching the God-man Christ Jesus, the man who is God. Paul is preaching, preaching he who came to bear the sins of many. Paul's preaching the Redeemer of Israel, the Savior of the whosoever. And because of this, the Greeks with their pantheon of gods, in fact, if you, if you come tonight, we're going to be on some of this stuff. We're going to look at, look at pantheism and, and all these wonderful ideas of man and humanism and atheism. I'm going to speak about those tonight. I'm going to show you where they spring from and come from. 
Man has all of these ideas. We'll look at ultimate reality. You might say, what is that? Well, so, I'm going to tell you what it is, and it'll be so easy tonight. The ultimate reality. Man thinks he is the ultimate reality, but the ultimate reality is the almighty God, Yahweh himself, Elohim, the great creator. So we'll speak about the ultimate reality tonight as well. But listen, man tries to work his way and do these things. He thinks he is the head honcho, as it were, the top of the creation. God made him like that, but he's fallen. Don't want to get into too much for tonight. But the newness of it is this. The new covenant, the new doctrine, or the new teaching that Paul brought was, was this plain and simple, that God came down because man couldn't go up. <laughs> man couldn't save himself, so God came and got into where we were and saved us to bring us out of where we were, dead and in our trespasses and in our sins. Now, I notice this. We also looked at, we looked at many other things. We, we can't really go through them because there's just simply far too many of them. But 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ. There, you see, that is the point we must emphasize. In Christ, not outside of Christ or religious about Christ. In Christ, he, she, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new you are unprecedented as a child of God. Who you are as a child of God is unprecedented. In other words, you are stepped into the authority of the Word. The Word that resides, lives, and abides in you through the Holy Spirit, you have become unprecedented. Do you know the world when Christ came and the new covenant he set and he died and he shed his blood and he rose again and Paul went preaching the gospel and the Spirit was poured out? Do you know since you believed in this, that what you are and who you are in Christ, it's unprecedented. It never happened before in all the history of humanity. That you and I are now the body, or some people call it the mystical body of Christ on earth. So if there's no spirit in the church, then it's not the body of Christ. They that be led by the Spirit of God, says Paul, they are the sons of God. They are. So the Holy Spirit can't be put out of this either. If we don't know Christ, then we're not saved. If we don't have the Holy Spirit, then we're none of His. If any man hath not the Spirit of God, he is none of His, says Paul. So religion doesn't work and religion doesn't cut it and religion doesn't do ritual and format and ceremony and all of those things. It matters nothing. It doesn't amount to a row of beans as it were before God and all our works are as filthy rags before God. Do you understand the, 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 the depths of what that means? Filthy rags. The depth here meant, it meant they were, they were uh, menstrual rags. And in the Old Testament, the, even the purification of a woman it took about a week or more. And so the, the Lord is saying, look, this is, this is how much I view your works for salvation. But walking in newness of life is different. Walking in newness of life is walking that you are walking to uh, serve the Lord. You're not walking as you used to walk. You're not doing what you used to do. You're not thinking how you used to think. You're not talking the way you used to talk. You're not being who you used to be. The old man and the old woman are dead. You got saved. Guess what? You died. Allegedly. You died. 
Christ came to live in you. You're a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You're, it's unprecedented, the Christian faith. I'm talking about the, the original uh, first century believing Christian faith. I'm talking about the, religious, the, uh, the religiosity at all hangs around it. It's unprecedented who you are in Christ. Paul says in Galatians 2 and 20, I am crucified. Now, Paul, if you're crucified, then you're dead. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, not I. He says, but Christ, he lives in me. And the life that I now live in the... He's still alive. He's a... He's more alive in Christ than what he was being dead in his own self and alive in Christ. He's more alive now, he says, than I ever was. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me. Now, you see, now, here's a keynote. Understanding the love of God for you. Understanding the love of your Father for you. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. See that last line? You think about that for you. Tell you what, let's read it out loud. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You ready? The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for, for me. Now that's unprecedented. You're a new creature with a new doctrine under a new covenant. Isn't that fantastic? Would you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, please? Ephesians 4. And let your eye just run down. Just for time's sake, the verse 22. I think we stopped here. We mentioned this last week. I want to just mention it as a springboard to go on somewhere else. Verse 22. Paul says that ye put off concerning the former conversation, that is the former lifestyle, the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Remember, according kata is the word which gives the idea of dominance oppressing down. The dominance of deceitful lusts. We can't help ourselves because we are, by our nature, we're sinners. Born and shaped in iniquity that our mothers conceive us. We came forth from the womb, little baby sinners. We may not have acted on it, but our nature was enough to say you're a sinner. Because we have the germs, the seed of Adam. And so here we find that Paul says that we are put off the conversation or the lifestyle of the old man, which is corrupt. Our own lifestyle, think about it. I think of my lifestyle, I'd cringe at times. My own lifestyle, before I was saved. It's corrupt, and it has a dominance of deceitful lusts. See, every time you're tempted, every time you're tempted in in mind or thought or word or deed or someone calling or whatever, and you know that the Spirit in you says to you, no, 
then you know that's a deceitful lust. It's a deceitful lust. I can come in all shapes, sense, and forms. I'm not going to try and list or, or give examples because the Spirit of God shows us and teaches us and tells us what they are. And He lets us know whenever we are going wrong. Notice what Paul says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now I'm going to be totally honest with you, 100% honest with you. I have preached this to myself all week. The whole week long. I have been tortured by the, the worst evil thinking in my mind. I don't mean filth and dirt. I'm talking about against me. You're feeling unwell. And you're going, what is wrong with me? And all I could hear at night was, you're going to die, I'm going to kill you. You're going to die, I'm going to kill you. See the tent mission? You're never going to make it. See CET? We're going to pull it to the ground. My minions are everywhere, so are you? I'm going to pull it apart. So your mind starts thinking. And you're feeling unwell. You don't know what's wrong with you. And, you're, and you haven't a strength to lift your head. The room's spinning. And my body's shaking. Not because of fear, just my weakness. I said, Lord, what is going on? And this verse, from I mentioned it to you last week, I have preached it to myself, silly. And every time I did, I took that thought out of the road, and I took that thought out of the road, and I took that thought out of the road, and I took that thought, and I started to worship, and I started to praise, and I started to give thanks, started to think of the Word of God, and my strength starts to build. Now, being renewed in the spirit of your mind, it isn't that your, your, your memory is lost. Remember, God wants you to remember that you may learn. For example, you've come through a terrible time and God has been, maybe you've, you've looked for him for such a long time and you thought, where are you, Lord? But standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. And he always shows himself at some point when it's right, when it's the right time. But maybe you've been there, maybe it's been with certain people or whatever it is, and suddenly you go, you know what? <laughs> Lord, I just want to thank you that you have removed them from my life or certain circumstance or situation, and you say, Lord, I want to thank you, Lord, that you have brought me out of that, you've brought me through it, and Lord, I learned from that. So God doesn't want you to forget these things. He wants you to learn from these things. He wants you to learn from them. So being renewed in the spirit of your mind, it isn't about forgetting and you have no memory left. Sometimes I think I'm going like that too. It means, remember, it's the word, we, the word, the translation of the word for renewed in the spirit of your mind is, it means the youngness or the young of your mind. The word for young. And what it means is this, that the spirit of your mind is the freshest, most recent things on your mind. I'm going to give you an example. And this is personal to me, so please don't abuse it anybody, okay? Um, and don't think I'm looking for any... Boo-hoo. You know, I'm not into all that sort of stuff. I, I just get on with it. And I thank you for your prayers when I haven't been well. And I, I really do appreciate it. I honestly do. 
So you're laying there and you go to get up and everything's gone. You go, what is wrong with me? This isn't me. And you're laying in bed and the room's spinning and the next thing you're feeling ill. And your head's pounding and you just can't cope. What is going on? So the devil comes when you're down. He likes to put the boot in, doesn't he? See you. You're going to die. Do you remember all your family died younger than you? You're the outlaw of the family now. Do you remember the died? Do you remember that? All night long, every night. That's what I've been going through this week. We're going to tear you apart. We're going to take down CET. We're against you. Like demonic hordes. And oh. And all I can think of is be renewed in the spirit of your mind. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind to take that thought into the captivity under the name of Christ. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So it comes again. Floods of it just keeps coming. Lo, I am with you, Ken. I am with you, son, always, even to the end of this world. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Renewing your mind, the spirit of your mind, not renewing your mind, the spirit of your mind, the latest, youngest thoughts that come to manipulate and control you, to cause you to worry, fear, with anxiety to pull you down. He says, fellowship with me. And every time we bring that into the thought, uh, that thought into the control under the name and power of Christ, under the blood of Jesus, don't leave your head empty, but rather go fellowship with him, even in your mind. Lord, I just want to, so I just lay there, I was going, Lord, I just want to tell you that I love you. I want to tell you, Lord, without you, I can do nothing. And I want to thank you, Lord, that even when I go astray, you draw us back into the way, Father. The grace of God abounds over sin, but the grace of God is an enablement and a strength for you to go on in him. I thank God I have you as a prayer praying people that just were praying for me and I felt it and I really do appreciate it. So God bless you and thank you for your patience with me. But Paul says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind to be spiritually transformed, he says, in your thinking, the new mind. And so in verse 24, that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So here is the old man in verse 22, now the new man, the unprecedented new man, the new woman that you've never been before is who we should be every time the flesh, the old person, the old lifestyle, the old desires raises their head. He says, nail him back to the cross. He must be crucified and live in newness of life and live in newness of life. So 
without going through, you read that when you go home, right through to verse 32, and you see Paul gives examples of lifestyles that we need to change. And it comes from all sorts of areas and all sorts of thoughts that Paul would bring to us. Will you, will you turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, please? Philippians chapter 4. Here's something I want to show you that hopefully it will help you, bless you, encourage you. Verse 6, Philippians 4 and verse 6. I'll get a drink while you're looking that up. Be careful for nothing. I see the word nothing there. That's important. We know what nothing means, but let me just emphasize it for you. The word here in the original text means not one single thing. Now, it doesn't mean to say we don't be careful. The idea is no anxiousness over a single thing. Why should we not be anxious over a single thing? So I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, look, let me just, can I open my heart for a minute? Is that okay? Let me open my heart. C-E-T is my baby. My heart's here. C-E-T is my baby. And given birth, ladies, we don't know what that's like. You mothers know what that's like. And if it was up to us men, well, the human race would probably be extinct. <laughs> Hands up, I admit that. So, um, so you know, you're wonderful ladies, and I, and I mean that. But see, tease my baby, and you know, given birth, Alison actually reminded me of this during the week because I was so struggling every, every way I was being hit. My vision was blurred. I preached here all that Sunday night, by the way, and I couldn't see a finger in front of me. couldn't see a thing. Don't know why. That's why I was going, what's wrong with my vision's going and everything. Anyway, so this is how I'm going and I'm starting to get to me. And Alison says, what's wrong with you now? I says, I'll tell you. And she didn't say it in a bad sense. She says, what is wrong with you now? Um, I says, honestly, I says, everything in my mind, I says, I'm struggling here to, to understand a lot of stuff and try to get through things and everything's heavy on me. She says, you're just tired. You'll be okay. I says, I know. I was just exhausted, but I says, I know that. But So we started talking and she said to me, Ken, you don't know what it's like to give birth. I do. But spiritually, you give birth to a baby in CET. And over the last year plus, you've been nursing a baby. And when you nurse a baby, it's tiring. You're exhausted. And I said, you know what, that's it. Exhausted. Now, that's nothing, no slight on you people. You're, you honestly, you have been fantastic. It's no slight on you. It's no slight on the church. There's nobody here gives me grief and all that sort of stuff. There's people with things need help, and that's fine. That's what we're here for. So I'm not saying that against you, but it's just getting everything up and running and doing it. And I, I, I sort of I, I thought about it, and I said, well, you know, the big lad here, he's, 
doing great and he's helping me out and preaching more and, and I really appreciate it, Aaron. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I need to start just giving a wee bit out here and a wee bit more out there and a wee bit more out there. And as we were thinking of these things, I said, Alison, CT's like my baby. I find it hard. You know, let your children go, as it were, let, let, let it go a bit. And she says, but you must. You have to. You have to. And I says, yeah. And actually, we were looking it up, and from this time last year, I've, I've missed one Sunday here. And that's not an applauded, but I realize now why I was so tired. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'll maybe every now and again, maybe take myself off and go and listen to somebody else and the big lot or whatever can look after the place for me on the, maybe a morning or a night and I'll go and get fed somewhere. Every, not, not all the time, every now and again. Anyhow, to give birth to something in our own lives costs you. And when God is about to move a church forward into a next level, a next stage, a next phase, or a Christian forward, guess what? There's going to be a new birth. It's a new unprecedented birth for CET. It's a new and unprecedented birth maybe in your spiritual walk and in your life. And listen, it can be exhausting and tiring. But listen, don't give in. Don't give up. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be careful for nothing. Not one thing, in other words, be anxious over because this is what the Lord told me. I said, Lord, I got on my knees and I says, Lord, I don't know what's wrong with me. I can't even get my thoughts right here. I can't even get my thinking straight. I'm exhausted. I want to sleep, but yet I can't sleep. What is happening? I says, Lord, and then I'm, I'm concerned. I'm worried about the church. Lord, I have to give it to you. And the Lord says, wasn't yours anyway. <laughs> I know that, Lord, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And Paul tells us, he says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't be habitually worrying. We do get concerned about things, but don't be habitually worried, but in everything by prayer and supplication. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Or one Greek trans translation says, let your requests be made known in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Come and pray and supplicate. Get on your knees. Prostrate yourself on the floor. Hoover the carpet with your lips if you have to. I do that all the time. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Help me, Lord. I get Pentecostal on the floor as well, land down. I speak in tongues as well, you know. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Let your request. What is it you have? What is it? Then let it be made known unto God or unto the place, whether it be in a place of worship or whether it be in a place of the word, or whether it be in a place where you're personally in your closet, let your request be made known and understand that you are in the presence of the Lord. Listen, folks, see if this is just church. We're missing the mark. This isn't just church. You know why you call this place Christ Encounters? Because we want to encounter Christ. 
Every, in everything, we want to encounter Christ in the worship. We want to encounter Christ as we worship. We want to encounter Christ when we pray. While we're in corporate prayer and in praise, we want to encounter Christ at the preaching of the word. We want him to speak to us and, and for us to worship him and thank him for what he tells us. We want to encounter Christ as we talk with one another in Revival Cafe on a Sunday night after church. We want to encounter Christ in everything we do, even online and everything. We want Christ to be encountered. That's the whole hub of it. You prayed it this morning, aren't you? That's the whole hub of it. So let's not miss out on Christ because without Christ, we're nothing. And without him, we can do nothing. I got to move on here because time's running out. Notice what he says in verse 7. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Say peace of God. When you say peace with God, what's the difference? What's the difference? Let me tell you the difference. Romans 5 and 1 tells us we are justified by faith. And that we have peace with God. Okay? Just paraphrasing time's sake. Peace with God. Now we have the peace of God. You see, when you got saved, you made your peace with God. You're at peace with God. But see, as you walk in newness of life, then you must learn to train your mind to have the peace of God. Does that make sense? You can run about like the headless chicken. You can stick your head in the sand like the proverbial ostrich. You can do all of these things and you cannot have the peace of God, but yet you're saved. You have no peace in life, but yet you're trusting Christ and you're saved, but you have no peace of God. Notice he says in verse 7, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Here's the renewing the spirit of your mind. Think on these. And when you go to Ephesians 4 and read it, you'll see he talks about your mind and bitterness and all the clamor and envy and all these sort of things that are happening in our lives. And he says, don't dwell on those. Think of the things that are better, the things that are nice, the things that are good report and things that are honest. He says, start to think that because when we stop thinking these things that are good and of a good report and so on, what happens is we start to fill our head full of rubbish. Listen, if you let your ear be like a dustbin, you're going to get your head full of rubbish. Notice what he says here. Verse 9, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Now notice, peace of God in verse 7, now he's the God of peace in verse 9. So verse 9, he is the pool. P-O-O-L. He's the God of peace that we walk in. The peace of God is what we bring from the pool. When we're filled, we bring the peace of God with us. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned. Now, see the term I have learned. The term there gives the idea to enter into a new condition. I have learned. 
I have entered into a new condition. That's what Paul's saying. So no matter whether he had much or little, he was rich or he was poor, whatever was happening to Paul, he says, I have learned. I enter into a new condition, he says. That whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Would you say content? I'll tell you why I'm asking you to say this so it'll get into you. Would you say content again? Now I see the word content. You and I think, well, you know what? This is life. This is the way it is. You know what, Lord? I'll tell you what. What about, what about, you know, CET and just letting what happens and that's it, Lord. It's just, we'll not, you know, we'll just go tick along as usual and we'll see, we'll not try and reach out and we're not going to try and do the tent because there's too much opposition and, or we'll do this or we're not trying to reach out to others because we get into trouble or other people don't like us and blah, 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 blah. And you end up saying, well, just be content where I am. I'm in work and the boss is at me and the ones, boys or the women in work, they don't, they don't believe and they're just wearing me down. I'm just content to sit here. It's not what Paul says. That's not the word for content here. The word for content gives the idea that Paul is saying that whatsoever state I am, I have learned that in whatsoever state I am, I have entered into a new condition that whatever I find myself in there with to be content, it means I enter into a new condition that I will be the master of that situation. You know why? Because he has the title deeds of the authority of the word of God. He is a son. So your children, a capitalist we ask, going back, your children may be on your, maybe if you have a bank account, you'll think, I'm putting away in case something happens to me. I said that to my daughters yesterday. I kept spending my money. And I said, do you realize I keep trying to save a wee bit in case anything ever happens to me? And you'll have something, but you're getting it now, so then that's okay. You know, and, and you, you, you can say that's my will for when I pass away. And what is theirs, what's there is theirs. It's not right from their born. That's for them. When you see the techno and the newborn doesn't realize that they're in that will. The techno and the newborn doesn't realize who they are, that, you know, the child grows up to, to know mommy and daddy. They don't know you as mom and dad. They know you're the supplier. Just as they get older, they form the relationship with you. You know them as your son and daughter. They don't realize that because they're growing up into that. That's the idea from technon to As soon as we were saved, we are heirs of God, but we just don't know it. Joint heirs with Christ, we don't understand it. As soon as you're saved. But to grow up to be huias, the growing up adult, as it were, uh, children of authority, as we walk, we learn things like the peace of God, the justification by faith. We are, we are set aside by the Holy Spirit and sanctification of the Spirit. And we then have received the gifts of the Spirit. And then we start to minister in the Spirit. We start to preach the Word. We start to understand the Word. We start to believe the Word. And we start to grow in God. Then suddenly it dawns on us, hold on, I'm an heir of God. <laughs> I'm a joint heir with Christ. And you realize, hold on, I have title deeds. So your children say, well, my dad... And my children, let's put it that way, my dad kicks a bucket. My dad does the disappearing act on us. I'm, I have something to the side. I have something laid aside. That's mine. It's like the prodigal son when he takes his, 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 
his inheritance and squanders it. And, and the, the elder brother, what did the father say? Be sure, son, all I had was yours, the elder brother. Everything I had was yours. He just didn't even realize it. See, that's the ways. Christ knew why he came to die for us. Christ knew what he was here to do, to shed his blood that you and I might be saved and forgiven. Christ knew what he came for, and so he came, and from the moment, right through his ministry, he became known. He was the Agapetus Huias, the Son of God with power and authority. Father, I thank thee that thou hear me always. <laughs> you getting it now? That's who you are. I thank thee, Father, you hear me always. So Paul says, learn to go into a new state, to be master of the situation. And verse 12, we'll finish with these next couple of verses. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed, both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things. Through Christ, he strengthens me. So when Paul is saying this, this is what he's saying. No matter what comes your way, renew the spirit of your mind, the recent thoughts, bring it under the captivity of the power of Jesus' name and the blood, and then start to fellowship with Christ. Understand, hold on, devil, I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the King. In him I live and move and have my being. You have no authority. You have no privilege. You have no license. You have no right over me, my life, my family, and my home. So in Jesus' name, I am going to take the authority. Walk in the newness of life for the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead of Romans chapter 6 that we read of dwells in you, lives in you, and you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. May God bless his word this very day. Thank you for your attention.